Our food comes from all around the world, doesn't it? I was going to look this up before this morning, I forgot. Does anybody know where avocados actually grow? Where do they come from? There we go, there's a challenge for us later then. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Claire's, Claire's got one in her garden, so, so a local one. What about, what about oranges? Where do oranges grow? Florida? Spain? Jaffa oranges, where do they come from? Israel? All over the world, but not this country, unless you're very fortunate to have a very good greenhouse or an orangery. Our food comes from all over the world, but wherever it comes from in the world, it grows out of the ground. It grows from ground that's very important to us. And because of that, the quality of the ground is very important. Jesus told parables. He spoke stories. They were stories with meanings. We call them parables. One time, he told a parable that was all about the quality of the soil. And we're just going to hear what Jesus actually said in the first part of that parable. And Rebecca and Elizabeth are going to come and read that to us. If you want to follow it, it's in Matthew chapter 13, verses 1 to 9. But if you just want to listen, just, just listen as they come and read this to us. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered round him that he got into a boat and sat in it, while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in, a par in the parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places, where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly, because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. The crowds were coming to hear what Jesus had to say. You've probably heard often that Jesus spoke with authority. People knew when he said things, he not only meant them, but he demonstrated that he understood them and he spoke with the force of truth. He also demonstrated his power. In Jesus' day, there was no NHS. Penicillin was still the best part of 2,000 years away from being discovered. But when people came to Jesus looking to be healed, he healed them. So when he spoke, people wanted to hear what he said. And this day, such a large crowd had gathered, they came down to the shore of the Lake of Galilee, and Jesus spoke to them. But the crowd was so big, Jesus got into a boat. It must have been a little of a natural amphitheater, with the people on the shore listening to Jesus and being able to hear every word that he said from the boat. And what did he say? He said a very simple story. He told a story of a farmer, a farmer who was going to sow his seeds. 
Now, in those days, we didn't have tractors with very precise seed drills behind them that placed the each seed precisely 2.3 centimetres between each every seed that went in a laser straight line. What they used to do was they plough the field and then the farmer would come along with his seed bag and he'd distribute the seed. Very, very simply. But as you can see, even an expert farmer is going to lose some of the seed along the way. Because it's not going to go exactly where he wants it to. And as he distributes his seed, some of the seed fell on the path. Well, again, the path, we're talking 2,000 years ago, the path wasn't a concrete path. The path was the path that had been made through the field. Maybe it was a route. You've probably seen that as you walk around and you go across King George Spit Field there, you'll find there's little paths where the ground's been compacted and nothing grows. But because nothing can grow, the seed rests on the top of the path, the birds swoop down and they eat the seed and off they go. Jesus said there was another type of soil that the seed went into. He said the seed went into ground that was stony, ground that had rocks in it. And he said because the ground was stony and it had rocks in it, when the seed started to grow and the roots started to develop, started to develop, sorry, and the roots started to develop, as the roots went down, they couldn't go very far. Then they couldn't get very much in the way of nutrient out of the ground. So the plant shot up. And as the plant shot up, it was all spindly. And then when the sun came out, it didn't have enough moisture. And the plant shriveled up and it died. So again, the farmer didn't get any crop from his seed. Then Jesus said there was a third type of soil. And this type of soil... This type of soil, maybe, maybe towards the edge of the field, it had lots of weeds growing, thorns growing. And as the seed went into the ground and started to grow, the, the thorns and the weeds started to grow with the, with the wheat. And as it grew, the weeds came up and they choked the wheat. I don't know if you've ever seen any ivy growing on the side of a tree. And sometimes the ivy grows so tightly around the tree, it actually strangles the tree and the tree starts to die. This is the effect of what was happening here. As the thorns and the weeds grew around, then the, have we, have we got the next picture? Or? Oh, it's stuck, all right. <laughs> on that third picture, the, as the weed started to grow, then it choked the plant. And because it choked the plant, again, there was no crop for the farmer. But what about the fourth type of ground? The fourth type of ground was the good ground, the good seed. Here, the seed went into the ground, the roots started to develop, they were able to take the nutrients and the moisture from the ground. And above the ground, the plant grew. The leaves grew. Those who understand the science, the photosynthesis worked. Everything came together. Then the head developed. New seeds developed. The sun came out. The plant ripened. And the farmer was able to get a crop. A really good crop. 
maybe 100 seeds more than what he put in, maybe 30 or 60. We spoke about an apple, didn't we, in an apple seed. You put an apple seed in the ground, many, many years later it develops into a tree, and each year you might take 100 apples off of that tree. From that one seed, actually thousands of, of apples are grown over the course of the year. The yield is phenomenal. This is the sort of ground that we all want in our gardens. This is the sort of ground that Jesus was telling us that we should be. But notice, with all these four types of soil, there's only one type of seed. The same seed went onto the path, went, on, went among the thorns, went on the rocky and stony soil, and went into the good soil. It was the same seed in every case. That seed is the seed of God's word, and we're going to look at that in a moment. I said Jesus was talking to a large group. And you might be think, tempted to think, well, this is a nice little children's story. When Jesus said this story, he was speaking to a group of adults who were stood on the side of the Sea of Galilee, listening intently to his every word. You probably know the meaning of this parable, and in a few minutes we're going to look through the meaning of the parable. But those people who stood there, among the hundreds, Jesus only told what this meant to a very few and from those very few, a couple of them wrote it down so that we've got it in the Bible, so that we've got the story of the parable and we've got the meaning of the parable. And I think you know the meaning is all about the state of our heart. We're going to sing again and we're going to sing 10,000 Reasons. But maybe as we sing 10,000 Reasons, just let your subconscious think about what's my attitude to God's word and God's things? Which of these types of soil best reflects my attitude so just what does this parable mean yes Jesus was talking about our hearts and the importance of our hearts being open and receptive to his words so that we can produce a harvest for him a life that glorifies God in all sorts of ways just as we live our everyday life so we'll look again at these soil types and understand what Jesus said but let's First, hear the words that Jesus actually said about them. And Philippa's going to come and read this for us, I think. There's Philippa. Thank you, Philippa. So this is Matthew 13 again. But this time we're going to read verses 18 to 23. Thank you, Philippa. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means when anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it. The evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is a seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rock, rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they only last a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop, yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. Thank you very much, Philippa. 
the disciples asked Jesus to explain that parable. And he did. He, he said, the path, the hard, solid ground, is just like somebody who hears what Jesus has to say, but doesn't stop to consider it, doesn't think about it or even weigh it up. Maybe you've come to church today and you've got your crash helmet on. Maybe sometimes when you read your Bible, you read it with your blinkers on. You don't actually stop to really understand what it says. You may be, you may be listening, but you're not hearing. Jesus says some people are like that. That's the hard path. So maybe our life is just full of other things, just like the person in our picture there. Maybe we're just taking the easy route to life. Maybe we're letting the agenda for our life be set by somebody else's Twitter feed, by somebody else's Facebook post. Maybe we're just so engrossed in our TV programs or the latest box set, whatever it is, that we're not managing to get above that and spend any time really considering God's word. And you know how that happens? Have you ever been to school to tell one of your friends about the sleepover you've just had or the sleepover you want to invite them to? But when you get there, you can't get a word in edgeways because your friend just keeps on talking. Sometimes we can be like that. We can just keep on talking, just keep having our own thoughts rather than stopping and saying, actually, what is it that God's trying to say to me? And when that happens, it's just like the seed on the path here. The seed gets taken away. And if we don't stop and allow time to think about God's things, God's things will just get snatched away from us by our enemy, the devil. What about the second type of soil, the rocky soil? This is about someone who happily listens to God's word, takes them up with joy, starts doing all the nice things at church, but then trouble comes and they think, whoa, I don't want any of this. This is too much for me. If you enjoy God's things and change your way of living, you'll find that some of your friends will change their attitude to you. I don't know, Snapchat's still running. Maybe it is still running, but I don't know. <laughs> but you believe what? <laughs> if you believe that, you're not with us. When we stand up for what we believe, we can find it gets a bit hot. In some countries, if you stand up for what you believe, you'll find that the next rung up promotion won't be available to you. In some countries, you'll find even getting a job is incredibly difficult if you're known to be a Christian. When trouble comes, trouble can come simply because of what we believe. Jesus says, if your roots don't go down deep, if you don't really understand this gospel that Jesus has given us, then actually when that trouble comes, there's a real risk that you'll turn away from him. What about the third type of soil? The third type of soil is where the weeds grow up and, pl and choke the plants for us. What might those things be? What things might worry us and choke our faith? Any ideas?
Go on, Liz. You want to say something there? Go on. Money. Money. Yes, what else to say? Illness. Illness can cause us big problems, can't it? Wanting popularity. All these things can come in and they can choke out our faith, our wanting to believe God. It's interesting, isn't it? Jesus said the deceitfulness of riches. Anybody want, any, any of your youngsters know what you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to be when you grow up, Hannah? A teacher. Hannah wants to be a teacher. Well done. Evan? A superhero. Evan's going, to, Evan's going to be somebody's superhero. Anybody over here or at the back know what you want to be? Go on. A, ther- a therapist. Really, really good choices. And I hope you are somebody's superhero. But, yeah, they're good choices. Anybody know where they want to live when they get... I've I, I really still got this inkling to live at least part of my life by the sea somewhere, you know. I've just got this, just got this idea. Anybody like to live in a much bigger house? Yeah, yes, yes, a few, a few hands, a few hands going up there. Any of you adults think life would just be a lot easier if you were wealthy? Yeah, I'm afraid I do. But Jesus says there's a real danger. Wealth brings with it a deceitfulness. That deceitfulness is that it can provide everything. Wealth might bring you possessions. Wealth might bring you fun. Wealth itself won't bring you happiness. But if that wealth drives you away from God, if that wealth becomes the focus of your life, and if preserving that wealth becomes the focus of your life, at the end of it, you'll find the wealth has taken you away from God. And then as we read in Mark, it's absolutely no use being the richest man or the richest woman in the world, but having lost eternal life. Because eternal life is the thing that really we all need. And that's what Jesus wants to give us. I won't go too much about the worries of life, but if you want to talk about the worries of life, we can chat about those those after those afterwards and finally that brings us to the good soil thank you very much chris the soil that produces a good crop the seed goes into the soil it's fed and watered and the plant grows from it it produces a crop of what god wants these are the people who hear and understand So we want to be the people whose hearts, ourselves, are the good soil for God's word to really work in our lives. But what do we do for good good soil? When many years ago, I wanted to plant a privet hedge down one side of our garden, and I was told I needed to cultivate the land. That sounds really quite difficult. What's that mean? It means prepare it for growth. And to prepare the ground for growth, what they wanted me to do was to sieve it all out, make it, make it like it was pristine topsoil without anything in it. That was things that I should have been doing. I've got here, I've got a seed box with me. I'll show you the seed box and then you can see what's in it. So sorry to those on Zoom, we'll just walk up and down a moment. This is my seed box. Anybody want to see what I've got in here? I thought you would want to. I think you 
the sound of all one out. What have you got? You've got a can of Coke. What's it say on it? Lifestyle choices. Lifestyle choices. Our lifestyle choices are very important. And the choices that we make about our lifestyle can really affect our spiritual life. So, I'm sure guys and other diet products are a very good lifestyle choice as opposed to the all sugary things that I really like. But, you recognise the danger I'm talking about. What else have we got here? Shape before you pick that up. Oh, what is it? And what, what is it there that's in the ground? It's an old sock. I think it's a Self image. Self image. Anybody think they're self image? It's got to be worked on. Yeah, the world's telling us our self image really, really needs a lot of work. But actually, self image can be a real distraction if our self image is anything other than based in Christ. What else have we got? Let's have these young ladies here. What else can we put out there for sure? Oh, what there? And what does that say on it? And what's it say on the other side? And what is it? A coin. Money, yeah. Coin. Money can lead to all sorts of problems. It can lead to all sorts of evil. So we have to be careful with our love of money. What else have we got here? Oh, look at that. You've gone for the high value one. That's a good What is it? So what it is? It's a well, nice sparkly gemstone. We'll have to give that a clean up later. Well, we've spoken about that. Well, what else have we got? I've got one more. What I'm worried about is quick. One more then. What's it say on the top there? Living for luxury, yeah. I'm not sure if you think those are luxury items, but um, coffee there, but, uh, I'm sure some really like their proper coffee. Luxury items, worth wants versus needs. It's really important that we get the balance in our lives right, isn't it? I'll just leave, I'll just leave this up back up here. We need to cultivate our hearts. Cultivating our hearts, preparing them for spiritual growth, does mean looking out for those weeds getting into our hearts and ensnaring us and causing us problems. I don't know what those things might be, but some of the things that hinder God's word from working in our life is just simply us wanting too much rather than just what we need and looking for more and more. It's our being selfish. It's claiming to have done everything ourselves without stopping to recognize that what we have done, we've only achieved because God gave us the gifts to do that in the first place. Maybe it's being unthankful for that success, or maybe it's simply being uncaring. Those things snare our lives. So what is good soil? What is the good soil that we're called to be? Jesus says, this is the soil that yields 160, even 30 times more than what was put in. It's having a heart open to God's truth, open to his leading, open and willing to understand what the Bible tells us. It's being willing to listen to this word here in the Bible. 
It's recognising our sin and wanting to be forgiven, wanting to know Jesus as our saviour. And as we grow in God's love, our lives will show the fruit of the spirit, as we've got written on, the, uh, on there. Those things, love, joy, patience, gentleness, self-control. Self-control, it's so important, isn't it, in so many ways. These things are the fruit of the Spirit. And as we grow closer to Jesus and live his way, these things will be a part of our lives. So can I just ask you, what are you going to do this week? What's something you can do this week? Maybe to soften the parts of your heart that are more like the path where you're not letting God's word even get a look in. Or maybe there's something like a rock or a stone that you need to remove because that's preventing you from establishing a firm hold on Jesus. Or maybe there's some thorns and weeds that you really need to shake out of your life because they're causing you or because they're causing your faith to choke because you're not really trusting Jesus enough. And what are you going to do to grow this fruit, to grow this fruit of the Spirit? That means encouraging one another. It means coming back and resting in God's word and doing the things that he tells us so that you can grow this fruit in your life. And that's what I need to do in my life, I know. So we all need to recognise our sin. We all need to recognise our need for Jesus as a saviour. And when we lay ourselves down to him and accept his lordship, his kingship in our lives, recognizing all that he's done for us then we will yield a crop for him because he promises that his word won't go back to him empty we've come this morning to give thanks to God for his many gifts to us so let's open our hearts to him to know him as he wants to be known as our loving father if you do want to know more do come and speak to me Graham one of the church leaders if you think it's a nice story, but you think maybe there's a bit more depth, do come and speak about it. If you think it's a challenge, do come and speak about it. But don't leave it. Don't let it wait, because otherwise it will be like the seed that lies on the path. That desire will get snapped away, and it might disappear. So act on it now. We're going to sing our very last hymn, very traditional hymn, We Plough the Fields and Scatter. But do listen to the words of it. They're great words, and do listen what it is that God wants us to do, even in this hymn. Let's stand and sing together.